Next on BYU Sports Nation, a look ahead to next year's NFL Draft. Who is the Cougars' next pick? College basketball insider John Rothstein joins us to discuss BYU's non-conference scheduling. And we go two-on-one with the Volleyball National Newcomer of the Year, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. And what's the thing you missed because of a BYU sporting event? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, May 1st. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is watching Black Panther, so he and I can see Avengers Infinity War today. So I'm teamed up with BYU Sports Nation's Incredible Hulk, Jason Shepard. What is the uh, the reference there? Is it, do you think I get May? angry? Oh. The, the Hulk? No, that you're the strongest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, no, I'll take that. Yeah, I yeah. Don't, you don't really get angry. No, I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen you angry before. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah! Cry, Karan. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, you're a very patient, uh, kind guy. I, I think I get the riled, riled up the most among you, Spencer, and I. We share an office. Yes. And Oh, do we share an office? Yeah. We do? It's a try office. It's a try office, yes. We try hard. That's where, that's where we try. <laughs> Exciting show uh, today. Lots of topics about the NFL draft, kind of what's happened with BYU and what could happen in the future. Our two-on-one with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, who's the ABCA National Newcomer of the Year, John Rothstein, who's breaking all this news on BYU basketball non-conference scheduling, and a new Between the Lines. So hang with us for the next hour. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Fred Warner was the lone Cougar drafted in this year's NFL Draft last weekend, going in the third round. Congrats again to Fred. A BYU player has been selected in the NFL draft in five of the last six. Now we look ahead to the future. Jason, who is the next BYU NFL draft pick? As we look into the future, all the way into the year 2000, uh, <laughs> I believe the, the one, there were two guys really that stood out to me in terms of one way to go. Okay. One was Corbin Kafusi, the other was Sione Takitaki. I decided to go with Sione Takitaki. He has. Had real BYU has had really good success putting linebackers into the NFL just recently. I mean, you mentioned Fred Warner just went a couple of days ago. We know what Kyle Van Noy has been able to do. So just recently, not to mention BYU's history over the last you know several decades with linebackers in the NFL. So that is a good position to be at if you're looking to make the jump to the National Football League. He also fits the mold of players who have found success at that next level. Plus, his ability to be able to play on the defensive line and then move to linebacker, I think that is a plus for NFL teams. I think the next guy to be drafted is Sione Takitaki. Mm. So if you had multiple, you think he would go first. So, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. I think it's Kairos Tonga. 6'4", 332, sophomore, He's gone on a mission and played a year, so he's draft eligible. He got to be 21 or be out of high school three years. 19 tackles last year doesn't feel like a lot, right? Two sacks, three pass breakups, three pass breakups. What? He is a Haloti Nada type who can wreck some havoc uh, on that defensive line for BYU. I think he has the best NFL skill set and body right now for BYU. I agree with you that Sione Takitaki is in the mix and Corbin Kafusi. I would put those three as the top three and. 
whatever order except Tonga first for me. And I think somebody's getting drafted. But could Kairos Tonga leave after his sophomore year? That idea was put out there by Elisa Tuiaki before the start of last year or during right. last season. He's got the skill set uh, to do it. BYU's put defensive guys uh, in the draft recently, and I think that they're going to put a few more here in the next couple of years. The one thing with Kairos Tong with me is I, I would expect him to at least come back for one more after. If he slays this year, who the, knows? Yes, there's no question. There's yeah. no question. If he is as dominant as we think he can be, then I, I, I would agree with you that, that – one more year after that may not necessarily be, be a possibility. All right, as you mentioned, Fred Warner was BYU's only draft pick in last weekend's NFL draft. And the more that we started digging, the more we found out that's not just a recent thing, meaning BYU only getting one NFL draft pick. So, Jeremy, is it fair to expect BYU or more from BYU football in the NFL draft? Is that fair? I want BYU to have multiple picks in the draft every year. Is that realistic? Okay, let's let's crunch the numbers. So since 2000, that is 19 drafts, okay? BYU's had six drafts with multiple players. So it's once every three years about. I think that's a fair goal. I don't know if it's realistic or fair. Utah State has had 15 total players drafted, six multiple years, or five multiple years since 2000. BYU, 28 total, six multiple. Boise State, 34, eight multiple. Utah, 51 13 multiple. That's a big difference between BYU and Utah right now. And a lot of those guys were Kalani Satake's guys on the defense getting drafted. So more draft picks equals better players equals more ingredients equals Papa John's (laughs) equals generally more wins. I think it's a goal. Is it fair to expect multiple every year? Probably not. I go back to when we asked, is it fair to expect the NCAA tournament? for BYU basketball every year? And the answer to that question was yes. The answer to this question is yes. It's fair to expect it. Now, how do you get to that point? I think it all comes down to talent. The talent has to get better. And that's what Kalani Satake and his staff have been doing since getting here to BYU. This is year three now for for Kalani. It's time. And so we're now starting to see quote-unquote, his recruits now in prominent roles. So that was always the goal, was for him to get his guys in here. Once you get his guys in here, then you can start judging him on those types of things. Now that you're in year three, I, I think it is fair to expect more because that's what they expect. That's, that's what a lot of this boils down to. They expect more guys in the NFL, so why shouldn't everybody else? You got to do it, though. And, and BYU hasn't really done it recently. In, in fact, in the last eight drafts, BYU's had five players selected, four of them defensive players. That means one offensive draft pick in the last eight drafts, Jamal Williams last year. Jason, is this an issue? Look, it's an issue only because if you had more players drafted on the offensive side, that would typically mean that the offense would have been better in college. You know? Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's where it's, it's an issue. It, it is very surprising, especially with the history of, on the offensive side of the football, that more offensive players have not been able to make that jump in recent years. While it's certainly not a guarantee, I mean, the more players you're able to get that are NFL caliber, the better the college program is. And quite frankly, that's the ultimate goal. It's not about getting to the NFL. That, that can be a dream in the next step. But while you're here, it's all about improving the program. 
So I, I really think that the more NFL caliber players you can get, that will make that will play itself out. That helps out the program now, which is the goal. And let's play the card that's always played, and it's a valid one, which is half the NFL is undrafted. Okay, so a guy like Taysom Hill wasn't drafted. It doesn't mean everything, but he could be the backup and potentially the heir apparent with the Saints, who didn't draft the quarterback, by the way. So they really like Taysom Hill. But, yes, more NFL draft picks on offense, please. Is this an offensive school? Like it used to be, I think it's turned into a defensive school. Bronco Mendenhall obviously emphasized defense. Klein Stocky, a former offensive player, but he's a defensive guy at heart. Bureau had 13 offensive draft picks in 11 drafts from 2000 to 2010. One in the last eight. I think that's an issue. To get where BYU wants to be and playing these tough schedules, I think more draft picks on offense need to happen. Specifically, one position, and that position is offensive line. BYU said zero. Offensive lineman taken in the last 13. That's an issue. Jeff Grimes, Ryan Pugh, it's time to go to work and get more O-linemen. That's a position BYU can recruit. Like, naturally, that comes to BYU. It's harder for BYU to get, uh, you know, a draftable running back, a draftable cornerback, and whatnot. O-line is a position BYU should be putting guys in the NFL. Yeah, and historically, they've done very well at that because, as you mentioned, that's, that is a position that BYU can easily recruit to. And so, yeah, that, that is one of those, uh, of all the positions, that's one of the more head scratchers because we know the, the lineage that there has been at that position going to there's the been NFL. There's so many good yes, alignment from here. there's been yeah. a ton. All right, switching gears a little bit. BYU freshman opposite Gabby Garcia-Fernandez was named the MPSF and the ABCA Newcomer of the Year, by the way. Congratulations. You won this award two years ago. I, I did, I did, I did. It yeah. was... Um, I, I don't want to put it out on the table. You guys have tried to ha- have me put it out here, but I yeah. don't want to flaunt that. Yeah. Uh, but since last August, there have been quite uh, some impressive performances by athletes making their debuts on campus. Jerem, who is your BYU Newcomer of the Year? We brainstormed some of the newcomers this year, and there have been some really good players across the varied sports. But I am going with Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, uh, biased pick from the men's volleyball uh, announcer. 6'7", freshman, men's volleyball. 51 aces this year, and he's not done. They have a game or two left in the season. That's the third most ever in a season. Ever. Not among freshmen, among anybody. Okay, Five away from passing Taylor Sanders 55 a couple of years ago. 368 kills. He replaced Ben Patch and Tim Daubert. This was a position BYU needed. We're going to talk to him, by the way, coming up in 30 minutes. No one was better than Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, in my opinion, right away on their team this year. I'm going to go with the highest profile sport, not just on campus, but rugby in any college program, that being the football program. The football. I'm going with Matt Bushman. Freshman tight end, as we know. What's his nickname? What, Matty? Something like that. Yep. Freshman All-American, <laughs> 49 receptions for 520 yards and three touchdowns in Easily the most consistent offensive player last year for BYU. So he's a position that has had a lot of success at BYU on the highest profile of sports. Matt Bushman gets my uh, BYU Newcomer of the Year. Other nominees that we thought of. Sarah Hampson. Yes. Two in blocks. Women's volleyball player as well. WCC Defensive Player of the Year. Boom. Kairos Tonga. Kennedy Redding. Women's volleyball. Felipe De Brito Ferreira. Dos Santos, Dos Ultimos Dias, Jarrett Perns, baseball, Drew Zimmerman, baseball, Joe Critchlow, the itch for Critch. I'm surprised he didn't go with your boy. Look, I mean, it was there. I, I wanted to, 
But you didn't. But I didn't. I yeah. went with Matt Bushman. Yeah. Okay, this next story is a weird one. A Salt Lake City <laughs> lawyer this. named Brian King asked a federal judge for a deadline extension after he claims the Utah Jazz Game 5 loss in Oklahoma City prevented him from finishing his work on time. Jason, this is our question of the day. Hello. What is the biggest thing you've missed due to watching or attending a BYU sports event? <gasps> this stuff is great. Now, the interesting That's part... That's a of- joke of a story, by the way. <laughs> and he was granted an extension. The judge the judge been a jazz The judge too. granted the extension. <laughs> it was like filing like a, a, a lawsuit. He had to file paperwork for a lawsuit. <laughs> like, in our job, because we are at every event, we, we miss a lot of stuff. I, I'm actually... I've been lucky enough that I, I've not missed anything major, but I'll, I'll tell you what I, I came really close to missing, and that was the birth of my last child, Ooh. my now five-year-old daughter, Audrey. Wow. <laughs> Who's been on the show. <laughs> yeah, who has been on the show. They're Jason's kids, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she liked to say. So this was 2012. Uh, I was working at another place, and we were on an RV trip covering BYU at Notre Dame in 2012. You can say KSL. Okay, well, I just, you know, I don't know. I was working <laughs> at KSL. And <laughs> Come on. So Owned by the same people. <laughs> I know. I just, you know, some people don't like that. So so we were, we were in that. The game was on October 20th. She was born on October 22nd. Here's the thing, though. And you, she, no, no, no. You didn't go or you went? The doctor kind of held the birth out a little while because they knew I was not going to be around that Doc, weekend. Doc, like the judge. was <laughs> So so we the game was on October 20th. We flew home on the 21st. My daughter Audrey was born on the 22nd. But she was nice. kind of held back so that I could be home in she's order. She's been held back every year in school since? <laughs> no, she hasn't. No. Just kidding. No, she's very smart. So I all, almost, but luckily didn't miss yeah. because of a BYU football game. Uh, any activity scheduled during a BYU event is what I miss, <laughs> especially football. Uh, two stories. In 2000, I went to a girls' choice dance. I got asked and went with Andrea Larson. Um, Ooh, but I did dropping. What I missed was Lavelle Edwards' last game at home where they renamed the stadium. Uh, you mean when the Prophet came? Sorry, Andrea. I should have gone to the football like, game. When, like when yeah. President Hinckley yeah. was there? That was so, one of the best. Not to I rub it in, but that, that was an awesome experience. No, no, I rubbed it in plenty myself. And then in 2011, <laughs> my sister got married in Salt Lake the same day that BYU men's basketball played sixth-ranked Baylor in the Marriott Center. That was a great game. So I'm watching. We're outside the Salt Lake Temple. It's like 20 degrees. We're taking pictures. And between texting, you know, it's like, geez. And then I'm flipping out my phone. Watching on the BYU TV app, it's late in the game. You know, they're like, three, two, one. I tuck it back in, smile, <laughs> and then keep going. Luckily, the BYU TV app helped me. So I didn't exactly miss the yeah. game, but I almost did to be at my sister's wedding. In fact, my brother-in-law, you know, uh, said, sorry, you missed the game. And I was like, oh, I talked too much about it. <laughs> I talked way too much about it. But you honestly felt a little bit better that he felt bad. Be honest. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. <laughs> A question of the day. What's the biggest thing you've missed due to watching or attending a BYU sporting event? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At Grizzfather. 2000 was the first year I had BYU football season ticks. September 14th was the first home game versus Mississippi State. It was also my sister's wedding day. I was not missing my first home game as a season ticket holder, so I went to the game. 
Wow. And he's never seen his sister since. And the relationship's been damaged ever since. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll get to more of your responses throughout. I'm excited about the crazy stories like the one we just heard. All right, coming up, we go two-on-one with Jerems and the ABCA Newcomer of the Year, Gabby Garcia for... Gabby Garcia Fernandez. And who does BYU want to face in the NCAA semifinals? We will actually ask him that question. Is it that obvious? Plus, CBS Sports College basketball and apparent BYU non-conference schedule insider John Rothstein on what the Cougars are doing with scheduling. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU softball hosts UVU tonight at Gail Miller Field. Spencer Linton and Gary Scheide will have the call at 8 p.m. Eastern time on KBYU and YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports. Get that fan of contract you're likely to hear tonight from Gary. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and follow us on Twitter. Instagram, and Facebook. Our question of the day, what's the biggest thing you've missed due to watching or attending a BYU sporting event? At GeoCoog11. I skipped classes and missed my roommate's wedding to drive to the Nebraska game in 2015. All guilt was swept away as Mitch Matthews caught that ball right beneath me. Sorry, Ty. I don't, I don't think it should be a surprise to any of us that a lot of the things people are missing are weddings with weddings. BYU fans. Yes. <laughs> there are a lot but of like, weddings being yes. missed because – and, like, be honest, if you're a true friend and you're inviting people, you're not having your wedding on a day that BYU plays. Let's be honest. Uh-huh. I remembered that the first time I sidelined a game, it was a softball game, March 30th, 2006 here, when I first got the job as a student. I missed one of my best friend's weddings because I was like, I got to, this is my like big break. I got to <laughs> sideline this softball game. <laughs> so I missed Scott Kemp's wedding. I just remembered that. Ah, I, I feel bad. <laughs> Lots of weddings today. Lots of weddings. Lots of weddings. Lots of weddings. BYU has wedded itself to a few non conference games and scheduling. And it seems like CBS Sports basketball insider John Rothstein is like, the guy now for BYU basketball non-conference news. John now joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. John, uh, when did you become the BYU basketball non-conference scheduling insider, my friend? Guys, <laughs> uh, just uh, trying to keep tabs on the news, getting ready for next season, and trying to obviously dig up different tidbits as to who's playing who. And just last week uh, and a couple of days success- successively, you know, we saw BYU obviously across my desk and some pretty intriguing games for BYU. What do you make of, of the non-conference games that BYU is reportedly scheduled? There's three that we know of, Houston, Mississippi State, and UNLV. Well, it all depends on the personnel that BYU is going to have, and that's one of the difficult things for this time of year for college coaches is you are planning for a season where you don't know who's going to be on your team. So, it's going to be really interesting, in my opinion, to see what BYU team looks like to obviously deal with an arduous non-conference schedule that's going to feature, as we said, a road game at Mississippi State as well as the game in Vegas against UNLV. Illinois State on the road, Utah neutral. This is part of a uh, what Dave Rose has said, hey, we've got to schedule up, especially because of the way the selection committee is quantifying things in the quad system and where you play and who you play and where you play them and whatnot. So what do you think of BYU's attempts to ramp it up to try and get into the NCAA tournament again? Well, I think what you're looking at right now is there used to be a notion out there in college basketball 
that if you finished at the top of your conference and you won a lot of games, you would be in a situation where you would have an excellent chance to reach the NCAA tournament. That's not the case anymore. It's about who you beat and where you beat them. And a perfect example of that last year, guys, was Nebraska. The Cornhuskers won 13 games in the Big Ten. That was a program record for conference victories, and Nebraska wasn't even on the bubble because none of the wins that they had in the Big Ten truly moved the needle with the exception of a home win early against Michigan. You have to play people, and that's why I think it's more and more important for BYU and other teams in the West Coast Conference like St. Mary's that have been left out of the NCAA tournament to make sure that they're in a situation for all intents and purposes. They are going to be playing teams that have a chance to bolster their standing. How much of a significant change over all of college basketball do you expect this to take? I mean, is this something that it will become a, a major change we will see in college basketball? Well, I think one thing you need to look at for all intents and purposes is, you know, when you evaluate a program and you look at what are the most important things for a college basketball programs, obviously number one is always going to be recruiting because you need to have, you know, the best possible players. You also need to obviously have a staff that's going to be functional. There has to be good staff dynamics and you have to be capable staff for all aspects of a program. But right up there with hiring your staff, you are going to need to have a schedule that puts you in position to make the NCAA tournament. And there are teams right now who I'm studying on a daily basis who are not putting themselves in a situation to make the field 68 just by not being thorough enough with RPIs, with strength of schedules, with the opponents that they're scheduling. We're talking to John Rothstein, college basketball insider with CBS Sports and others. John, as I evaluated what the selection committee decided, I noticed that a lot of the losses in quad one and two were ignored. It was, okay, did you play enough of those games, whether you won or lost, and then did you have enough wins? It seemed like, I don't know, a third was like some kind of minimum threshold. What did you notice on Selection Sunday with that regard? Well, I think one of the things that really stood out to me, and this obviously is directly correlated to Arizona State, is the magnitude of the victory that you have away from home really carries a tremendous amount of weight. And Arizona State was a team that, again, was not in a situation where it played its best basketball in the conference portion of the schedule, but they won a game on a neutral court against Xavier, who was a one seed, and they also won a road game against Kansas, who was a one seed. That was enough to put the Sun Devils into the NCAA tournament. So if you can get high-level games and you can get games that give you an opportunity to play a team that's going to be high seed in the NCAA tournament, you're giving yourself an opportunity to eventually be selected to play in the field of 68. So, John, with all that said, then, with the games that, that we – know that BYU is going to have on the non-conference schedule. Do you believe games like those are enough to help BYU's cause on a selection Sunday if everything else plays out right for them? No question. I mean, when you look at is you're giving yourself an opportunity to be in position for the NCAA tournament. If BYU wins the game at Mississippi State, they are in a situation where they are going to say, we beat an NCAA tournament team, potentially a top 20 or top 15 team on the road. If BYU plays Houston at home, it's another opportunity for a top 50 win. So you're giving yourself a chance to get wins that move the needle. That's the one thing that I think has really hurt St. Mary's the past couple of years. 
St. Mary's, as we know, has done an unbelievable job under Randy Bennett. I mean, think about this for a second. St. Mary's hasn't won less than 29 games in each of the past three seasons, but has only made the NCAA tournament once in the last three years. It goes back to showing that, you know, it doesn't matter how many games you win. It's who did you beat and where did you beat them? John, when I look at uh, the, the teams and conferences outside of kind of the power seven in college basketball, and the way that this is going with scheduling. Do you think that non-conference wins have so much value that some of these Power 7 schools are going to go on the road because they're top 75 games? It's been hard for BYU to get these teams in Provo. Well, and that's for good reason. And you know, no, everybody knows that BYU is a difficult team to play away from home. BYU is going to have, obviously, the altitude to deal with. BYU is always the team that's going to be well-coached under Dave Rose. I mean, everybody remembers, you know, what happened, obviously, in the 2010-2011 season with Jimmer Fredette when, you know, BYU was one of the best teams in the country. Now, Jimmer Fredette was a once-in-a-generation type player, but there has been a consistency of BYU knocking on the door in the NCAA tournament you know, really for the last 10 years or so under Dave Rose. And I know everybody, you know, is sure that as long as Dave Rose is head coach of BYU, it's going to be consistent. John, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about the West Coast Conference. You mentioned St. Mary's a second ago. What was your opinion on the changes that the WCC made to both the, the scheduling within the conference as well as the tournament format? Well, I think that this is stuff that obviously Gonzaga was requesting in an effort to, you know, stay in the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga had certain things that it wanted to see remedied, and those things were remedied in an effort to, you know, keep Gonzaga in the league. Because if Gonzaga left the West Coast Conference, the West Coast Conference would just become another mid-major conference that came down to just a couple of days in March at the West Coast Conference Tournament. With Gonzaga right now, you still have a chance of a multi-bid league. Do you think there was any chance they were ever going to the Mountain West Conference, or was this all a power play? No, I was for sure, you know, doing my due diligence and talking to people, you know, in the West Coast Conference and around the West Coast Conference and, you know, believing that Gonzaga was going to join the Mountain West Conference, which would have been a major coup for the Mountain West and a devastating loss for the WCC. Elijah Bryant uh, announced that he's leaving, pursuing a pro career. Yoli Childs is testing the NBA waters. Uh, what are your way-too-early expectations for BYU if Yoli Childs returns to the Cougars? Well, you know, I need to see, obviously, you know, what happens with Yoli Childs. He's one of the more underrated players, you know, in college basketball. There's no doubt about that. You know, everything I'm hearing right now, he's still weighing his options. You know, I was told by somebody close to the situation that, you know, he, he has not been invited to the NBA draft combine, you know, coming up in Chicago, which obviously changes things a little bit. I mean, to me, that is, you know, an alert that you're not in a situation where you're going to, you know, be selected in the NBA draft. Now there's exceptions to every rule, but I think when you look at the scenario, what was, what could happen is, you know, you have a situation where if Yoli child comes back to BYU you're going to have a scenario where you're going to have one of the more under-the-radar players, you know, back in the toe in the WCC. And you add that to, you know, Nick Emery, who obviously announced last week, I believe, and that's a new thing that players do. They announce on Twitter or on Instagram that they're coming (laughs) back. You've got a one-two punch that's going to be right there to be in position, I think, to build an NCAA tournament resume. John, BYU has had experience with this recently, and you're starting to see more and more of it 
in college basketball. But, I mean, have we, have we entered an era where players will leave college early? Because normally when they leave, it's to, to try to go to the NBA. Now we're starting to see them leaving college to go get pro careers that aren't in the NBA. Have, have, have we entered an era that is only going to get uh, stronger in regards to that? The problem I have, guys, is there's too much of a gray area right now because for players who are on the cusp of being a first-round pick in the NBA draft, the players who are on the cusp of getting a guaranteed you know, contract, the NBA draft rules are a tremendous resource to get good information to gauge where you stand at the professional level. I am not denying that. But obviously, since all the players involved in the NBA draft don't have a realistic chance of getting drafted, it clouds their judgment because now you have players involved who aren't NBA draft prospects but have people around them telling them that they are, and it's ruining their college career. It's ruining any chance they had at a pro career or a chance of getting a degree to set themselves up later for life, and it's also negatively affecting the program that they leave. Yeah, it needs to be addressed in some capacity in the future. John, we appreciate the time. Great insight. And we look forward to the next game that you announce on Twitter for BYU Men's Basketball. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Always great talking to you. Thanks, John. John Rothstein, CBS Sports, College Basketball Insider on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Interesting uh, insight from John. Absolutely. And we had not heard the, the part about Yoli Childs, uh, to, at least to this point, not being invited uh, to the NBA Draft Combine and coming up in Chicago. So if that's the case and Yoli isn't invited, that certainly affects things because if you're not invited to the Combine, the likelihood of being drafted goes down significantly. So uh, perhaps Yoli returning to BYU if that's the case. But we'll see what Yoli wants to do. I wouldn't rule out the possibility of going internationally. Like Eric Mika and now Elijah Bryant have opened our eyes to even if the NBA is not an option, going early to pursue a pro career is there. Like. It's a. I think it's a different era. Well, you're, you you hear, you hear the, the explanation that if if I want to be a pro, the best way to become a pro is to train with pros. That that's the better that's, option. That's one angle. Yeah, I that's, would, but you're, but you're, what I'm saying I is think you're the Dave hearing, Rosen company would say, yes, they'll come back. Agree. We will help you. But you're hearing more and more of that. If I want to be a pro, I need to go train with pros, train as a pro, and I may not get that opportunity in college, you're starting to hear that argument more and more. Why can't it be in college? Like, like why can't that be set up in a way? Why can't the— Oh, it can. It, and I think, I think that that's— Then do it! I think that's what you're going to—talk about things evolving. I mean, I think that's one thing where college programs—it's not just BYU, yeah. it's everybody. Does class—like, what's, what's the inhibitor? Is it the amount of time in class? Is it the fact that you can only be in the gym 20 hours? Is it— what, but, then like, we're what's get, the but then you're walking that gray line where is it is it school or is it is it a profession? Why can't it? Well, well it's already a profession. They just don't pay them. That, well, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're, you're walking that line again. Come on, you're making all this money off the athletes. It is what it is, right? There's a lot, there's a lot going on with this conversation. Coming up, we go two on one with the national newcomer of the year in men's volleyball. Kami Garcia Fernandez will join us. And next, it's a You Laugh, You Lose edition of Between the Lines as Lauren McLean and the softball team. Yuck it up. There she is. This is BYU Sports Nation. This Saturday is the BYU Fan Fest in sunny Mesa, Arizona from 11 to 1 local time. BYU Sports Nation will broadcast live from Pioneer Park from 2 until 4 Eastern time with Cougar players and coaches. Excited. It's going to be 100 degrees. 
It's going to be 100 plus. I'm bracing myself for how hot that's going to be. It's supposed to be Woo! 100 on Friday, 102 Saturday, and 104 on Sunday. Can't wait to be there. <laughs> Welcome back. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. We just received a piece of news in our last interview. If you're just checking in, let's get to some of our headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. We just spoke with John Rothstein of CBS Sports, college basketball insider, and he said he's been told Yoli Childs has not been invited to the NBA Combine. Still waiting for the official word, but uh, the Combine is in Chicago in two weeks from May 16th to the 20th. If Yoli Childs indeed wasn't invited, that's certainly uh, not something that Yoli wanted. He, you want to be in the Combine, you want to be seen, you want to help your stock. It doesn't mean that Yoli Childs still won't leave. Yeah. But that's certainly a piece of news affecting that decision. Absolutely. Softball put up a season high in runs and hits as the Cougars defeated Southern Utah 18-4 on the road last night. Caitlin Aldridge hit two home runs, including a grand slam for a career-high six RBI. Cougars take on UVU tonight at Miller Park, 8 p.m. Eastern on KBYU. You can also check it out on YouTube.com slash Sports. Baseball plays at Cal tonight, 10 Eastern in Northern California. Alex Perone will get to start on the mound for the Cougars. The game can be heard on BYU Radio. You can watch it on the Pac-12 Network. And how about this? Jimmer Fredette is named All-CBA second team? Wait, why was he on the second team? What? Second team. How many dudes averaged 37 a game? He averaged 37.4 points per game this season and led the CBA in threes. But that's only good enough for second team. I never, okay. I never thought that I would be riled up about the All-Chinese <laughs> Basketball Association. All-second team? Yeah. What in the world? Come on, man. Come on. Listen, Jimmer was getting it done. So is softball this season. You heard it. 18-4 win over Southern Utah yesterday. The upperclassmen... The underclassmen battled it out in a game of you laugh, you lose, and came through with another impressive performance. Let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Listen, the BYU softball team knows how to put on their game face when they're competing against their rival. But can they keep their composure when they're competing against each other? The rules are simple. You laugh, you lose. We're here with the softball team. They're going to be saying some random sports cliches mixed with random accents. The upperclassmen versus the lowerclassmen. Guys, who's going to win? Wait, do you have to look at them the whole time? Okay, I'll start. Oh, man. The harder you work, man, the harder it is to lose, man. Blazing. <laughs> Oh my, like, winners are born and champions are made. <laughs> if you ain't... <laughs> oh! <laughs> hey, Brooke. We're not starting yet. <laughs> hey, Brooke. <laughs> Stop, it's not your turn to talk. Did I keep my eyes closed the whole time? No. No. <laughs> we lost. We, we haven't started. <laughs> Can you go? Yeah, sure. There's no place like home <laughs> in Russia. I want the. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going first or you? I can go first. Come on, Ader, hit that tater. <laughs> to hit the tater, you've got to use your legs and swing for the fences. <laughs> use those thunder thighs to get them guys. 
Dat zit een vet joke. My heart is pounding. Talent is nothing without dedication. No one is a failure until they stop trying. Pip pip cheerio. It does nothing for me. In order to hit the ball, you have to get nice and meaty with the pizza. Why can't you play softball in the jungle? Why? There are too many cheaters. Cheaters? We life throws you a curveball. You got a swing, laddie. Every game. And the winner of You Laugh, You Lose are the upperclassmen. Yeah. So what does this mean for your team in general to have such great accents and be able to hold a straight face? I personally put in a lot of work. I watched probably eight episodes of Netflix yesterday. I think that's honestly the only reason why we succeed, you know? That's really good insight. And let's come over here to the uh, lower classmen. So, I mean, you guys lost, but, but really, what's the, the main message you're going to take away from this? Um, at the end of the day, underclassmen are obviously better. We're younger, our skin's better. So, I mean, like, you take what you get, right? Okay, congratulations, everybody. You're all class act. The softball team has a busy week this week. They play four games, and as we mentioned, one tonight against UVU on KBYU at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Next week on Between the Lines, we're doing a Mother's Day special with Dalton Nixon and his mom and Kate Cusick from the women's tennis team and her mother. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and use the hashtag BYUBTL. You laugh, you lose, man. (laughs) If you laugh, you lose. It'll get you. There's not enough my skin is better than your skin smack. (laughs) Yeah, You know... (laughs) I, I didn't know two years made that difference. You know, <laughs> yeah. a couple you know, years I got better skin. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> I just, Lauren. I just wanted to point out really fast that I missed um, a family reunion due to a BYU sporting event. Yeah, don't even remember which one, but I was like, "See you, suckers." Well, it depends which side of the family, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> thanks, Lauren. All right, thanks, guys. Coming up, what is the biggest thing you've missed due to watching or attending a BYU sporting event? Your responses to the question of the day coming up in Voice of the Nation. I hope someone's like, I miss work to watch this show today. <laughs> and next, BYU Volleyball is in transit to SoCal for the national semifinals. ABCA newcomer of the year, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, on why he wants UCLA and not Harvard Thursday night. This is BYU Sports Nation. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball is in Berkeley tonight to face the Cow Bears. Alex Perone will get the start for the Bears. Listen to the game at 10 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio or watch on the Pac-12 Network. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. With your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, no worries. Every broadcast is weekdays at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Well, the men's volleyball team practiced last week and yesterday in the Marriott Center. We were over there to get ready for the NCAA tournament semifinals Thursday night. Add to that, the ABCA All-Americans were named yesterday, including our next guest. And it's been an eventful, gameless week and a half for BYU men's volleyball. Freshman opposite Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, one of the better BYU sports stories. My newcomer of the year for the Cougars. 
across the board. Here's our two-on-one with All-American Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. All right, Gabby, it's the week of the NCAA tournament. How was practice? How's the team feeling right now? Uh, team's feeling super good. You know, everybody's super positive going into this tournament. You know, everybody's willing to give the best for everybody. You know, we have seniors in the team. They're not going to um, touch the court, the BYU court again. You know, we want them to go happy. And we are going to go with the, a good mentality of winning and getting the job done. This is the fun part, though. I mean, you work the entire season to get to this point. I've got to imagine you guys are really excited for the possibilities. Yeah, we are. Um, a lot of practices where, like, we want to be here. Like, today is not going to win a national championship. But, hey, if you don't work out today, you're not going to get there. So that's it. You've had a little bit of a break since winning the MPSF tournament title. Uh, so you took care of classes. So what's it like to have no class now? Oh, it was great. Uh, Less stress, you know, volleyball's still stressing, you know, you have to be in the in the workout room and everything, uh, but still is one thing out of the way so you can just concentrate on the goal. And then you're practicing here in the Marriott Center. This is a place where BYU's played a long time ago, but what was it like to not be in the Smith Fieldhouse, but kind of a bigger gym simulating Poly Pavilion? It's different. It's nice in here, you know, it's a really nice court. Um, yeah, getting used to, like, the big arena, type of thing, you know, serving, moving, um, like tossing the ball, seeing the ceiling, you know. And it's been, it's been nice. I kind of miss the Smithfield, you know. I like that place. Uh, but, yeah, it's been nice. What is the biggest adjustment when you go from an arena that, that's a little closer and everybody's on top of you to one of the bigger uh, gymnasiums? I mean, like, you have, like, more space. You, you know, all season we've been playing the Smithfield House and you're used to seeing the rock section and then talking to you while you're going to surf. It's kind of nice. I like the guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like a bigger arena, you know, more space and just getting, just get used to the space. We're talking with Gabby Garcia Fernandez of uh, BYU Men's Volleyball. Let's talk about the tournament itself in a moment. But uh, you were named the MPSF Newcomer of the Year. And then, of course, today, the AVCA Newcomer of the Year. What did that mean to you? Oh, I didn't know about the ABCA. You didn't know that? Thank We're you for you? yeah breaking news. Yeah, breaking wow. news. Thank you for that. National yeah, um, it's been nice, you know. Um, uh, like everybody knows, I like don't care much for it, you know. I just care for playing volleyball, you know. I love the game, everything, and whatever it comes with that, with my hard work is, I'll take it. It's awesome, and just keep being better every day for the team, for the coaches sure that when you came here you you had an idea of what you thought this year would be like for you how has it lived up to what you thought it would be oh it's I didn't think I would like uh be a big thing for people you know I just be like another player on the court uh it's been awesome you know the attention people give me uh, I, I don't mind it you know it's awesome uh and it's been over the top, you know. I didn't expect all this to happen like this this far. You know, I didn't expect all the uh, emails and notifications on my phone saying that I win something. You know, it's been awesome. What kind of reaction along those lines have you had from your uh, friends and family in Puerto Rico? Oh, um, every, every time I win something, they explode my phone saying, like, how <laughs> proud they are. Like, it's a good day to be Puerto Rican and how, how they can't wait to have me back home like to give me a big hug and celebrate all my accomplishments here. It's awesome. This is a team that is used to being in this situation. This is a team that expects excellence. What have you seen throughout the year from your teammates 
that shows that this is what this program is all about? Yeah, it's all about, like, being mature, you know. Um, you know, you're in a tough spot, and, like, you have to get out of it. Just be mentally, you have the strength, you have to be strong, you know. Um, playing in a in a tough spot, let's say you're, like, down by five and about to lose the national championship, you know, you have to be super tough mentally. And that's what we're practicing, you know, every day. Not everybody comes, like, super guns blazing, you know. I don't come guns blazing, but I I try to do other things right, you know, serving, passing, blocking. And that's what we do every day, you know, keep getting better, our teammates, keeping each other accountable for everything. Um, and, yeah, be more as a family, not a team. You play the winner of UCLA and Harvard Thursday. Are you rooting for Harvard Tuesday night? Oh, I kind of want to play with UCLA, show them who's a better team, you know. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, I would like to beat them in the own court in the, in the tournament, you know. Um, but I think also Harvard can do the job, you know. If they got there, like the coaches said that once, last practice, like if they got here, they are good, you know. There's not underestimating people, you know, and everything. Like, if they got to this point of the season, they are good. So, so it's being tough. When you when you have to wait to find out who you're going to play, I, it probably goes to even more than normal to where you just have to focus on what you guys do. Without giving away the game plan, what have you guys been focusing on in terms of, of what you guys do? Yeah, um, we are focusing on making ourselves better you know uh, making good reads uh, keeping each other accountable you know a couple of days ago we we were like discussing things and like everything and it turned out to be awesome you know we had a great practice um, but just keep getting better ourselves don't worry about the opponent you know if you are doing your things and your job things are going to come for you you know how much more challenging do you feel it is playing UCLA at UCLA even though BYU's won nine of the last ten, and the one that was lost was when you guys had already locked up the one seed. Yeah, it's, you know, home court advantage, you know. Uh, we got the same one. Uh, they say, like, BYU cannot win outside the Smithfield house. We were proving people wrong there. Uh, we we were planning to take their heads off, you know. We're not we're not saying, like, oh, we just beat them in, our, in the conference. We're good. You know, we're going to go to the finals. We're not worried about Saturday. We were about Thursday, you know, and getting the job done. A lot has been made the entire year just at how well you guys have done on the road, especially playing at sea level. Mm-hmm. I would imagine from a, a confidence standpoint, because of how well you've done, you're going to be feeling pretty good about your chances. Uh, yeah. Um, also, like, can't say we're going to win. Cannot say we're going to lose. Just get there, do the job. Uh, we Most of the guys are like islanders and everything. We love playing at sea level, you know. I love playing sea level. The when the surf, the ball drops more than the midfield. You know that's awesome. You know, and just yeah, be tough and be like, don't be too. Mm, we're gonna win. No, you're just gonna get there and do the job. Well, Gabby, congratulations on all the individual accomplishments, and uh, we look forward to Thursday night. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Nice to be here. Gabby Garcia Fernandez from the Marriott Center. Kind of fun. What's up? Just reenacting you holding up the mic. <laughs> And you make you forget how tall those dudes are, right? They're tall, all right. Yeah, and he's been awesome. He's, yes, been, he's been great. He's been a fantastic addition. Looking forward to the next three years of Gabby Garcia Fernandez. Looking forward to this week. By and the way, and they play by the way Thursday night against the winner of UCLA and Harvard, who played tonight. 
Coming up, we hear from you in Voice of the Nation. What is the biggest thing you've missed due to a BYU sporting event? My family. And why Jimmer Fredette got jobbed in China. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, John Rothstein and Gabby Garcia-Fernandez. If you missed some of today's show or all of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Basketball. John Rothstein at CBS Sports just joined us and said that he has been told that Yoli Childs hasn't been invited to the NBA Combine. That, by the way, is in Chicago coming up in two weeks from May 16th through the 20th. Softball. Put up a season high in runs and hits. 18 apiece as the Cougars beat Southern Utah 18-4 on the road last night. Tonight, the Cougars play Utah Valley. Take that, Mark Pope. At Miller Field. Nope. 8 Eastern on KBYU and YouTube.com slash BYU TV Sports. Baseball. The Cougars play at Cal tonight, 10 Eastern time. You can listen on BYU Radio. Watch on the Pac-12 Network. Cougars overseas. Jimmer Fredette averaged 37 a game, but he's on the second team in the Chinese Basketball Association. He also led the league in threes, but I guess that doesn't matter. Track and field. The men's team moves up one spot to seventh in the USTF CCCA <laughs> weekly rankings. Rugby. Former Cougar rugby and football player Paul Asike is on the Major League Rugby Team of the Week as the number 12. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter. Dexter, help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to Stephen A. Smith. If you know, you know. Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Our question of the day, what's the biggest thing you've missed due to watching or attending a BYU sporting event? Our elite tweet of the day or elite voice of the day. At Hobosita, all my friends' game day weddings. You have eight months out of the year to get married, not including different times of day the rest of the week. Game days are only 13 days a year. Plan accordingly. Could that not, is elite. <laughs> could not agree more. What are you doing? <laughs> the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand. BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. Nice throw. A nice guess. For Jason Shepard, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Kent Nance. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. And tonight, watch softball on KBYU and our YouTube channel. That'll do it for us. Have a good one.